Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Outsiders. I'm Seth Austin. And I'm Todd Pickering. We're a couple of actors stuck on the outside, trying to make our way to the inside of the biz. Hollywood, baby. That wasn't bad. Not, not at all. It didn't, it didn't take a thousand times like we predicted last episode. No, it didn't. It did not. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Um, we're going to start out big and bold today. We haven't talked about this issue yet on the show, but Todd and I, we talked about this beforehand. I can speak for him for a second. Um, we are both uh, fully behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, we fully support it. I myself have gone out and protested a handful of times, uh, and that's not to say that anyone who supports the movement needs to protest at this point to prove their support. Um, if, if someone doesn't feel safe or comfortable protesting, that's completely understandable, whether it be for coronavirus reasons or any reason whatsoever. There's a million ways to show support. Uh, Todd, for instance, actually couldn't go out and protest despite wanting to because he has to take care of his sickly mother um but there it is right we fully support the black lives matter movement we hope that it continues to move forward uh i'll probably end up at yet another protest this sunday um we hope it gains momentum and the way it is gaining momentum already um is is within the hollywood community um absolutely and um i just want to jump in and say please be safe uh, all right seth yeah you're wearing your mask. I am absolutely wearing my mask out there at the protest. Thank you for keeping me honest on that one. Yeah. Um, um, I drove to pay um, my mom. I'm just is my mom is in advanced stages of Alzheimer's and there's a lot of COVID in her wing. Um, she's fine. Um, except for the Alzheimer's, of course. And yeah. they're coming out of it. But I heard on the radio that one of the protests organized in Hollywood, the reporter said, I have been here for an hour and I have yet to find without a mask on. Yeah. And so at wow. all the protests I went to, everyone was wearing masks. And I, I meant to mention earlier that they were all 100% peaceful. There was never a moment where I thought that violence was possible. Um, I'll be a little controversial here and say that the law enforcement that was there didn't feel necessary. Um, you know, they, I mean, they, they protect the protest in some cases, but in other cases they felt a little bit intimidating, to be honest. Um, you know, the ones that were there to, to protect, you know, they, they were, you could tell that they were there to protect. So um, anyway, and we're coming out of this. I got a haircut, so I would like to join you in one of those peaceful protests and you want to show off your new haircut at the protest then no <laughs> we're still in a pandemic i'm just saying so i can't i i, I did go out i got that's the yeah. first thing i have done except for grocery shopping so um we're, we're we're waking up out of this and i'm gonna have to look to my friends for safety so you're you're it buddy um i would for like to of, join you on that so let me know about that protest this week I would like yeah to i absolutely you. will um and i will leave if you, i feel it's unsafe health-wise, but... Yeah, absolutely. Like, there are moments, I have felt there are moments within each protest where social distancing wasn't fully possible, um, just because of where I was in a particular crowd. Like, one street got a little bit narrow because it was being blocked by National Guard vehicles. So, 
it became relatively impossible to social distance. But if I had been thinking more about it, I would have just stayed. If I was really concerned about it, I would have stayed towards the back of the whole thing so that I didn't have to worry about that. So if you're really concerned about social distancing, which is completely valid, I, I, from what I've seen, it's possible to stay socially distanced, I would say, pretty much all the time, as long as you're constantly aware of it. Granted, that is a very difficult thing to do. So take that all with a grain of salt and don't do anything that doesn't make you feel safe. Um, and for those of you who are only listening, not watching, Todd's haircut looks bomb. If I, <laughs> if I may invoke a late 90s uh, popular word, it looks incredible. Um, Thank you. Although I do kind of miss, I, I miss the craziness a little bit as well. Um, I don't want to dedicate a whole show to Todd's hair, at least not yet. That's, but. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because important things going on. Very important things going on. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, Hollywood kind of taking the ball and running with it, at least a little bit right away. Uh, I saw that Ava DuVernay, uh, the mastermind producer um, behind When They See Us, about the Central Park Five. In 1989, there were five people of color who, of course, were um, mis- uh, they were accused of uh, harming a jogger in Central Park, and it was uh, found out that it was complete nonsense. And Ava DuVernay's uh, story, uh, When They See Us, is all about that. And now she has already gotten greenlit uh, for a new project about police brutality um, to raise awareness about that, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's called LEAP, um, Law Enforcement Accountability Project. Um, and knowing Hollywood and the artistic community, I mean, this is just one of many positive things that will be coming out of incredibly tragic events that have happened lately. Um, it makes me feel good about things despite all of the tragedy that has been happening. Um, and you see not just that, but you see conversations happening all over the place um a friend so wait a minute um leap is that yeah. the, is this one show or is she doing no it's a, it's a package of projects it's uh it's it's almost its own let me see if i can pull this up i have an initiative to showcase police brutality through the activist lens um is the title of this article it's on forbes Right. Uh, I, I looked at it too, yeah. but I mean, so just, I was just letting, just the to reiterate fund, to the listeners. Yeah, that, the initiative will fund 25 short-term projects, including film, theater, music, and literature over the next two years through Array Alliance, DuVernay's nonprofit for diversity in film. It will have a $3 million budget backed by Ford Foundation and producer Ryan Murphy, who we have talked about <laughs> before on the show i don't know how, how i forgot to mention that to you before i see there we go i didn't uh, yeah this was your thing and um <laughs> it just never stops i i, I, I get I, away from that guy but i've i've worked in i've worked for ava i've worked for a fundraiser for ava duvernay through the um catering uh cocktail company i work for yeah so um have not met her of course yeah um melissa etheridge stood right next to me at the bar and there were amazing people there and it was an amazing fundraiser and it was beautifully run and um i mean of course i was just there to serve cocktails but wow but still you here in hollywood people you're you're all in this we're all in this together yeah we're all in this together and you know there will be of course plenty of other content that continues to come out that isn't about this stuff but this stuff is finally getting a direct voice and that is very important and i'm sure that it will continue 
but it's moving into the arts is what right i mean exactly and the art. what i love about this initiative it's not just film it's it's literature it's music it's everything it's theater right theater which we will talk more about in this episode for sure and throughout our series um and, you know, all the different conversations that have been happening include in talk, piggybacking on the theater thing. Um, Actors Equity sent out an email this morning saying it. that, yes, um, there will be a, uh, a virtual uh, town hall about uh, anti-Black practices uh, within the theater community. That is the focus of it. That is, that's not what it's called. The exact name of it slips my mind, town hall title. But that's that's the racial justice town hall. That's what they're calling it. It's going to be it again. racial justice town hall. Thank you. Wednesday, June seventeenth. Um, but that's what it will focus on: anti-black practices within the theater community. Um, and then, like you know, uh, equity for those of you not in the know is the stage union here for stage actors in the um, U.S. Uh, and Seth and I are of that in the UK actors equity is all three of their mediums television film and theater so right here's SAG-AFTRA SAG-AFTRA um we just got a new contract in for another episode um so and then you know my point is that there's going to be a lot more conversations like this happening um and that's a beautiful thing I, I saw my friend a mutual friend of ours Trimaine uh posting about talking about a diversity in improv, you know? I mean, it's, it's sort of trickling down. You know, these conversations are being had as a direct result of these horrible tragedies. Well, so. but being in the theater ourselves, uh, you know, diversity in theater is something I saw in, in high school back in the 80s and college um, also. That was a big deal. Um, yeah. In, 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 it's been a bigger deal in theater casting definitely than in film cast. Did you ever see one of Disney's first musical movies was they did Cinderella, not their Cinderella. They did the uh, Rogers and Hammerstein musical of Cinderella in 1997. Right. Yes. I remember that. And I did see it. Uh, so you did? The Rogers and Hammerstein one? Oh no, 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 no. I didn't. I saw, sorry. I mixed it up. I have not seen that. Well, it's, um, and here's the, I mean, I looked it up. It's not on Disney Plus yet. And everybody's like, where is that? It's a really good version. I remember seeing it. Um, so Brandy, yeah. and I have to look up what Brandy's doing, played Cinderella. <laughs> Whitney Houston was the fairy godmother. Bernadette Peters was the wicked stepmother. Mm -hmm. And two of, and her wicked stepdaughters, one was black and one was white. Um, for those that you don't know, Ber I guess I, Bernadette Peters is white. And then The Prince was played by an actor, um, Paolo Montalban, he's Filipino. And his father was white, Victor Garber, big Broadway star, um, also does a lot of television. And The Queen was played by Whoopi Goldberg, who is black. I mean, I, yeah. I know we're doing radio, I just assume all, everybody knows most of those stars that I've mentioned. Yeah, so, I would hope so, if not. Um, I did know, research, um, research Paolo Montalban and he's, had a hard time of casting being racially stereotyped, you know, that's, after having done a 1997 series, but it's really great. And I hope that's on Disney plus soon. Yeah. I, I can't wait for it. My sister and her boyfriend gave me access to their Disney plus and I've been sort of devouring it slowly with my wife. So that that's, I'm looking forward Full to Full disclosure. One. I haven't seen Disney plus yet. 
Todd, see, that's interesting because now I'm going to drop it in right here. Todd actually works indirectly uh, for Disney. He does journalism uh, for, for Disney. He's on a, a podcast called Mouse Planet. And yet he hasn't, um, <laughs> he hasn't seen Disney Plus yet. So let me Is, clarify. Everybody asks. It's not for Disney. There are a million websites that are Disney content. Right. We don't. We, we are invited to Disneyland. So I write a weekly, a weekly, a monthly column on, and I'm the entertainment writer for Disneyland out here in California. And um, I write entertainment and therefore my boss who's out here, we also do Disney World in Florida. And um, so most of our writers are on the East Coast, but um, I get to go to the press events and I get to do the interviews. So if you check out YouTube, you'll see me doing a lot of interviews. But the, the, the point of this is um, Disney World is opening, it's all ties together. Disney World is opening, I've got so many dates in my head, but they're opening in June, July, two of the right. parks. I yeah. think the 11th, I wanna say, go to mouseplanet.com, everybody. <laughs> There's the plug. But um, they're opening Jul uh, 11th, and then two more parks are opening the 15th. They have four total. And then on the 17th, which is Disneyland's birthday anniversary, Ooh, I didn't know Disneyland's that. going to open. Now, all of these are pending the safety issues in Orange Counties, California and Florida. They're both Orange County, the parks are in, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. And so there's that going on. Disney World is under Actors' Equity contract. Actors' Equity has not approved people back yet. Which I think is wise. To be honest, I mean, but so yeah. we're going yeah. through the union there. Yep. They're, well, they're um, here in California. They use Agva. Agva. There's another union for you, everybody. <laughs> oh gosh, we didn't research. Uh, we didn't the, look up what it stands for. Let me see if I can do a very variety <laughs> artists. The American Guild of Variety Artists is what I'm going to say. While Seth looks it up. Um, so speaking of diversity casting we'd like we'd like to direct you to um cooper hall's facebook page um he's an equity actor he was cast in frozen live at disney california adventure park that um is a live version of frozen they have the cast is five deep he is a black actor that was cast as one of the hans the evil prince they there was a black Anna and a black Elsa cast. So it, it was diverse when it opened. The, the director was um, Liesl Tommy. And now that I'm on the West Coast, I am just not into my, up on my Broadway, but I looked her up. She's actually a South African-American. Huh. Um, here's a, she uh, was nominated for a Tony. She directed a play called, um, I wrote this down because there's no way, called Eclipse starring Lupita Nyong'o, we've all heard of her, you know, Academy Award winning actress. Yeah, just a little Academy Award winning actress. Um, Eclipse was about, I want to say it, it was about, a, it was about a bunch of African women. So it was an entire female cast and it was written by a woman. So therefore it was the first time ever a Broadway show had an all female team, director, writer, cast. Wow. Ever, in the history of Broadway. And she's South African. So this was... It was kind of, she was primed to pull a cast like that for Frozen. So, and I mean, I'll let, that she did. I'll let everybody read the article, um, but she cast 
clearly she's always done diversity. And if you, I mean, we're not going to do a whole show on her, but she diversity is her, you know, she grew up in South, she was born in South Africa. So it's important to her, but Cooper Hall talks about how wonderful it was to be part of that. But as soon as a, the director went back to Broadway and the show opened, a show director came in and the racism that he had to deal with is It's really awful. bad. Yeah, it's, it's really the opposite of inspirational. It went from being this sort of beautiful project with all this diversity and this actor feeling like he had been cast, not because of the color of his skin, but because he was a good actor. And then this other, yeah, show director, you're like, what do you call this second director that came in and did this sort of railroading? Um, uh, I mean, in a Broadway show, back to teaching people, in a Broadway show, that's the job of the stage manager. Right, that's the job of the stage manager. To continue what the director Because that's actor's did. equity. That's the actor's equity rule. That's how it works in that particular union. But this being AGVA, the American Guild of Variety Artists. I was right. Uh, which is Todd was 100% correct about. I guess the rules are a little different. different. So this second director came in and this person was not kind. Um, and it's, you know, what, what happened to this actor that Todd is talking about, this actor uh, of color was just tragic. Um, and it shows the need for this, you know, it shows the need for these conversations to be had. Um, these things are just, I mean, they've been going on for forever. As much as we've had diversity in casting, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean these problems have gone away. Um, and I hope that people will eventually get to the point where it just doesn't matter, you know, who you're seeing up there playing a part, especially if it's something like Frozen in a world that doesn't exist. It's pure fantasy, right? So why should the viewer care what color the actor playing that role is, right? If, you're, if, if that's distracting you from enjoying the performance, then, you know, that's on you. Um, and I... Like it, it's, it's hard, you know, because we've operated under a certain set of, uh, people operate under way, a certain way of thinking and getting past that is hard, but you've got to kind of, got to push past that and just enjoy the show and not worry about what color people are. And having had to critique that show as one of my jobs for Mouse Planet, um, I saw it countless times and I saw, I probably saw, I, I'm sure I saw Cooper Hall. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely saw, the black actress that played Elsa once, I recall that. I want to say one of the Olafs was black also. I think I saw the show, I mean, I told you that's five deep. I think I saw it four times before I critiqued it. And I think I saw every single time I saw a different Olaf, but sometimes I saw it the same. When you say five deep, you mean there were five different casts? That is correct. Yeah, okay. That's what I Because all of the Disney hires working actors, um, they hire them through their agent. The agent gets a cut on those actors at that theater. Right. Which, um, again, back to safety, Disney will not be opening the theaters or the parades or the fireworks due to COVID-19. And they will, of course, will only open if safe. So, um, yeah. And let me tell you, sitting in the audience, what, ca what audience members did not even bat an eye at the colors of the actors? I mean, why would they, right? Especially children. because the people who are really enjoying this, exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking, are children. And, you know, of course, children, no one is born racist, right? I mean, this is something right. that everybody knows, racism is taught. So, you know, the more we can show children, 
that what they already believe that color doesn't matter whatsoever. You may, I mean, no one, everyone sees it, right? But it doesn't, shouldn't matter. Um, children already believe that. So what would a better way to reinforce that than by showing them characters they already love, right? What kid doesn't love Frozen already? And then they go in and they watch this show and then they see actors of color playing these roles that they love. And that just reinforces these beautiful notions that they already have, that color absolutely doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't hurt their enjoyment of it. And, and if we as adults could just learn that. Um, and these are, these are difficult conversations to have. Um, well, that goes into, um, uh, so the, it's funny how we bridge the two topics. Uh, pandemic's not over. Um, and Hollywood opens tomorrow, Seth. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be tomorrow working. Tomorrow being Friday. <laughs> Yes, this is tape. Friday, June 12th. Are you going to be on set tomorrow, Seth? You know, I better take my phone off uh, airplane mode so that I can start getting all those calls so that I can, so that I can start showing up on set. I actually have to bow out. You're going to have to finish. So I have six auditions. No, this oh is the point. Oh my goodness, Todd. Just like, equity, just like equity at Disney World, Actors' Equity, um, Governor Gavin Newsom has said Hollywood could produced tomorrow, but SAG-AFTRA hasn't spoken out on it. And there's plenty of unions. I yeah. mean, that just means there's a 20 page report. Yep. 20 from SAG-AFTRA. The, from the different unions. Uh, they sort of, from what I understand, the different unions coordinated, IATSE, et cetera. They all got together with their epidemiologists, et cetera, and made uh, quite a long recommendation, list of recommendations uh to i guess the, the state governments or the, at least the city governments new york uh and, and los angeles and things like that about how to reopen you know the major production uh, cities areas they they said they put this recommendation these recommendations in these different cities so hopefully these cities will take this seriously i mean they have to right because the unions uh they won't work unless all these guidelines are met so as todd was saying despite Hollywood being quote unquote open, um, we'll see what that really means. Um, and then what else is happening? The movie theaters are also- Tomorrow uh, they open too, they say, opening. but like, say. I, don't, I think AMC's not opening. I mean, again, they can't just open without having a procedure in place. A plan, yeah, for distancing and capacity and all that. And uh, we're not gonna get into those details. Um, well, we but, can't you know, because it hasn't happened yet. Right, it hasn't happened yet, so we'll see. So, you know, as exciting as it sort of is, I have to keep my, you know, I have to curb my enthusiasm and I have to prepare myself and I recommend everyone kind of just take a deep breath and uh, roll with the punches on all of this because we'll see where it leads us as far as this reopening. It could, I my gut tells me that if it does reopen, it, it might not, probably won't reopened for too terribly long you know of course there's all the rumors that the pandemic will return in full force at some point we've seen little spikes already right and so well there's a pandemic would have a spike which yeah. is happening now yeah and then there's in history history this isn't we're not making it up <laughs> there's a second wave that right generally so um you know, who knows? Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure where we are time-wise, but... Uh, um, we're good. We're doing good. Um, 
I, I guess what what are your predictions for how is it you know um, we were going to dig deep into that article about what they said um, it's it's too soon um, uh, what, what's your predictions of how Hollywood's going to go and what they're going to talk about as far thing. as diversity um, yeah exactly diversity and how they're going to handle shooting in a pandemic well I think there'll be like we've already seen Tyler Perry's put out a list of things that he's going to do for uh, bringing bringing production back for Tyler Perry Studios very strict uh, I, I forget it's a laundry list of things that everyone involved is going to have to adhere to um, and so I think it's going to be I think what's going to happen is you're going to see more things like that and it'll be like a wait and see kind of thing you know and if these restrictions seem to be working and if they can produce things and there's no if you know the contact tracing doesn't show that there are any cases related to productions then you know more and more things will keep happening I, I actually think you know what i think is that there will be a lot of outdoor stuff shot um because that lessens the risk and i imagine there'll be looser restrictions upon uh productions that take place outdoors you know or at least slightly looser right because you're outside um well tyler perry is going to from what i read if anything's changed and remain remember everybody georgia opened before new york and california so right. there was more time and there was more these things were printed but the entire cast and crew will be in quarantine during the entire shoot and they will be continually tested and tested and right. apparently i read somewhere somebody uh, and i you know too many names today but there's a film proposed at universal i wanted to say a very small film no extras same thing universal's prepared to it'll probably go to a bunch of stars to be the first people to put their toes in the water right and it'll probably be a very limited cast but the the screenplay is small small cast every single person will be on the universal lot will be housed will be tested throughout the whole film i mean they're not going to leave the set right so they'll be until just, they're done filming like the whole it sounds to me then the, the whole production will essentially be quarantined um, yes. both together and in their individual ways. Um, so I, I think we're going to see more period speaking of Hollywood and pulling all of that in the Netflix Ryan Murphy version of Hollywood, which is set in the year 1947 and 1948 solidly 30 years, 40 years after the Spanish flu and 50 years, 60 years, 70 years before the COVID-19. I mean, y you'll set, I think we'll see a lot more period pieces is my prediction. I like that. Yeah. And I'm, that would not surprise me at all to see something about the Spanish flu, you know, and, and it'll probably I don't be, know about that. You don't think that they'll have a project like that to sort of parallel the COVID I don't know who's going to want to see upgrade. that. I yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it'll in... be, I'm not saying it'll be all about that, but I think it could take place, you know, whatever could... the story is takes place during that time period. Um, I think things will be set in a time period where there's no pandemics. So we can just focus on the human story, yeah. the love story, the, the drama, the, the mystery, whatever yeah. it is. And that will be our break from, from everyday life of dealing with a pandemic, which I guess does bring us to taking care of ourselves and being healthy. Yeah, we really want to focus on, well, for me especially, mental health and really taking care of yourself. I mean, some of the 
I think some of the, um, the physical health things, you know, they're, they're pretty obvious, right? You wear a face mask, you stay away from other people, you physically wash your hands, you wash your hands. I, I do want to throw in here that I think that I've always thought that this phrase social distancing is, is crazy. Like you don't really want to be socially distant from your friends. Like they're your friends. You want to call them on the phone. You want to talk to them on the computer, but you do want to stay physically distant, right? So that you don't, you know, uh, hurt anybody through potential infection. Anyway, week, week two of the pandemic, somebody had a different term, but it didn't catch on because somebody said the same thing you said. Yeah, so. it's, it's, you know, physically distant, socially close, right, is, is a sign that I saw. There you go. The I like that. that I you heard to. it here on The Outsiders. Well, I saw it at a protest. I can't take credit for that. But um, I was going to give it to you. But <laughs> I love taking credit, but not this time. Um, <laughs> um, but no, about mental health. You know, last week I I went through a period of, of depression. I between the, the, the pandemic and then all of the civil unrest, all of the protests, which despite the fact that I hundred percent agreed with the message, it was hard. It was hard for me to make that sort of to to to, to reconcile all of that in my brain. Um, and it just it it got to me. And uh, I had to really take a step back, practice self-care. Um, my wife had to be very patient with me. Thanks, thanks to her, um, it was it was a really hard time. So, um, I encourage everyone out there to do their utmost to take care of their mental health, whatever that means. You reach out to your friends, you find a therapist, um, all all of those things that people do. Um, and just sometimes for me, it's just acknowledging that you're not feeling so great. Uh, mentally and sometimes that can that can be the first step you know um, it, it loses some of its power just by acknowledging it. it's something I've struggled with my whole life um, and what else do we want to talk about regarding all of that um, well, it's just hard being an actor period and all this exactly. uncertainty of going back and and auditioning yeah. is to, to add that layer is just it's hard yeah, are we going back? Aren't we? What does that mean as an actor? Like, is it going to continue to be self-tapes? Will I be seen in person? You know, we're opening, but we're not really opening. We could just go back into quarantine. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers there um, to be dealt with. You were going to read something at the top of the show. But yeah, I think and it I works out to... at the. And that's okay because I think I we got ramble rambling. We got talking, and um... <laughs> no, we ramble. That's you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're digress the digressions and the ramblings <laughs> um but wh why don't you read that that's amazing yeah. you read that to me so mark cuban he's the owner of uh, the dallas mavericks and he had a very interesting uh article come out i found it on yahoo news where he talked about how difficult it is for white people to talk about race but how necessary it is to talk about it in ways that move the conversation forward. So I'm just gonna read the whole thing because I think it's pretty great. I need all of us to really open up and talk to each other, even when it's difficult, even when it's not something we're comfortable with, particularly those of us who look like me, the white people, because it's hard to discuss race when you're white. The reality is, to be brutally honest, when people talk about white privilege, we get defensive. We all have this mechanism that I call manufactured equivalency to try to protect ourselves. We'll say, I have a lot of black friends. We'll say, I grew up in a mixed community, so I'm not like that. 
I can't possibly be someone who takes advantage of white privilege. And we manufacture this equivalency. It's incumbent on us to stop doing that because that doesn't move us forward when we do that. That's part of having a courageous conversation. So I think that's a good place to end. It um, is. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, um, we want you to let us know what you think of the show. And if you have anything to add and let us know your experiences. Um, and please. how do you do that, Seth? You send us an email. Do we have an email address yet, Seth? We actually do have an email address. Okay, We're... I'll write it down. Okay. Hold on. You got it? I got a pen. Okay. It's the outsiders biz. That's the outsiders B I Z at gmail.com. The outsiders biz with a Z at gmail.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And I want to add in there that you will start to hear our, hear our podcasts on Spotify. Um, our first episode is already up there. This episode is going to be up there soon um and so we're we're slowly getting there we're um building out and oh that's the other thing i wanted to mention jump to jump back to the email you know this this podcast we started this to build community um so really feel free to email us about anything about if if you just want to connect and say hey i'm having a hard time you know whatever you want to say to us in an email that is fine um it's not limited to just questions about the industry or anything like that. Cool. And follow us on Facebook. Yeah, we're out Twitter, there. Twitter. Twitter. And Instagram. Instagram. Um, and we're putting this up on YouTube, of course. So thank you very Sheesh. much for your time. Yeah, everything. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And we will talk to you next time. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.